welcome to another episode of the best 30 minutes of your life where we discuss um, Bible topics. We discuss um, pretty much anything you want to discuss except we discuss it from a biblical perspective. Remember, you can email us at the best 30 minutes at gmail.com if you have any uh, topics you want us to discuss, if you have any questions, and also um, if you want a copy of the notes, I always mention that when you listen to an episode, don't just take the word of the person that you're listening to, and that's with anything that you're doing. Uh, you want to make sure that you can verify what they're saying is true. And so, uh, if you don't want to write down all the scriptures you're hearing, um, because you may be on the go or just simply you don't feel like doing it um, if you email us I can email you the um, slides and the notes that have all of the scriptures that you hear me using when we do um, the episodes today's topic is going to be about prayer how to know your prayers are being heard and during this season um the time and the way the world is right now, I think every Christian, every believer, even non-believer needs to know the answer to that question. I think there are a lot of um, rumors, a lot of uh, made-up things. A lot of times it's stuff that we want to believe, and sometimes it's things that we've been taught, but there's no biblical proof for it that we need to address and get to the bottom of. I know when I was uh, first a Christian, starting out, I eventually had to do research on this particular thing myself because, honestly, one thing I like to do when it comes to the Bible or with anything, I like to be honest with myself. And the way that I was taught to pray and to do certain things, I was doing it to the best of my ability that I knew how and that I was taught how. And it got to a certain point that it, I had to be honest with myself. There were some things that I just wasn't seeing results with. And so uh, as I began to seek out and study scripture and pray, God began to show me some things and led me um, to people. And as I said, um, I got the answers what I was looking for. And so hopefully I can do the same thing for you. Because as a believer, you need to know that your prayers are being heard. And if they aren't, you need to know why. Um, I'm also a believer of those who aren't saved. I think that's one reason why they don't um, progress in their relationship with God. Oftentimes people pray for things and they don't see results. So therefore they automatically say to themselves, God can't be real. But one thing that we don't realize or, you know, don't really often think about is we can't just uh, do stuff the way we want it done and expect God to operate off of how we think it should be done. There is a certain way you have to approach God. There's a certain um, method that God likes things, a certain way things have to be done, you know, sort of like uh, operating a combination lock. You have to put the combination in the exact right way. You know, 
do it the exact same way if you expect expect it to unlock. You can't just put whatever your favorite numbers are and then want it to open. Prayer is the same way. We're communicating with God, the person who communicated us. I mean, I'm sorry, who created us. And it's kind of like with your children. I always tell my children, I, I want them to be comfortable speaking to me about anything. But in that same saying, don't forget that uh, you're speaking with your father. So it doesn't matter what you have to say. It doesn't matter what you want to talk about. The issue of what you want to speak about is not important, but there is a certain way to do it. As long as it's done in a respectful manner, you should be able to talk to your parents about anything. And that goes for anybody that's in authority that's over you, a boss or whatever, you know, it may be a tough situation or something you want to discuss. As long as it's done respectfully, you should be able to discuss anything with them, okay? And uh, we're going to get ready and get started, and prayerfully, um, this will bless you, and you can share it with somebody else. Alright, the topic today is on prayer. I think before we start getting deep into prayer, we're going to first have to define what prayer is. Okay, prayer is our direct line with heaven. Prayer is a communication process that allows us to talk to God. Prayer is communication. Therefore, it allows us to speak with God. But when I say communication, I think an important thing to remember when it comes to communication, just like what you're speaking on the phone with someone, there are two things involved with communication. It involves speaking, but a bigger part of it is listening. There's a little saying everybody always likes to quote, include myself. I think it's important if we look at how God designed a human body. You have two ears and one mouth. So you should listen far more than you speak. And it is the listening part that I think is often left out of prayer. It's the listening that I don't think it's really taught much in prayer. Most of the time we're taught to just say what we want to say. And after we're done saying it, we get up and walk away. And we leave out the listening part, the meditation part of it, and that part is just as important as the praying or the speaking part. Think about it in the relationship of just the friend or your kids or even your spouse. When it comes time to communicate, if you're doing all the talking and not listening, that would upset, you know, whoever you're talking with. You know, you've got to make room to listen. You know, some stuff you're praying about and wondering why you hadn't got the answer. You may find out why you hadn't got the answer, but you never spend time or wait to hear anything. So that's one thing that's important in it. All right. So we've defined communication. Communication is what prayer is, but communication is you praying to God. And some of the things I want to point out that I just mentioned is it's a direct line with heaven. It's our communication with God, but it's a direct line in heaven. One 
good definition that I'll never forget that I heard about prayer is prayer is basically heavenly interference. Um, so think about it in this particular way. In another episode, I mentioned how God created man and God gave dominion to this earth to man. And so what that means is that God does not just jump into this earth and do things because he gave humans ownership of it. He um, He likes to work through humans. He That's just how God operates. Whatever he establishes, he abides by it. And I won't go all the way back into that because we discussed it on a previous episode. But um, God sticks by whatever he sets up. And so prayer basically is acknowledging that, yes, God, I want you to step in. Um, You know, I want to get you involved with what's going on. So think of it like, you know, if you had a house or something that you um, let your child live in, the house belongs to you. And so because you're letting your child live there, technically your child, you know, does not have to invite you over, have you to do certain things. But, um... It feels good when they do invite you over, when they um, do those things. So the earth within itself, it is God's because God made it. But he gave us the ownership of it. And he wants us to invite him into it um, when we need him to do anything. It's that acknowledgement. God wants us to know that we know who he is, that we reverence Um the role and the place that he has. When um, Cain killed Abel, if you remember, God asked Cain, where's your brother? God already knew that Cain had killed him, but he wanted Cain to acknowledge that to himself. Same thing if you remember when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden tree that they weren't supposed to eat of and they began to cover themselves with leaves and the Lord asked them why are you covered up with leaves and they said well you know we're naked who told you that you know God already knew all of this stuff but he wanted them to maybe acknowledge that to themselves so now we've established what prayer is now let's discuss why why is prayer important okay why is prayer important I want to read a scripture to you in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 1. It says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always pray and not faint. So in other words, men should always be praying and we should never stop. That's how important prayer is. So what does that mean? Does that mean you never do anything because you continually pray? In other words, what this is saying in two ways number one is it physically possible to pray all day and never stop yeah you you know you can't continuously pray all day you know you gotta stop and go to sleep you gotta stop and do this and do that but you can have your mind in a continuous prayer mode and what i mean by that while doing certain things while working and doing this that and the other I often pray, and, you know, if you have that type of mindset, then technically you kind of are praying all day. But in another sense, what the scripture is saying, that men should always pray and not faint. Um, Another way of that 
was talking about you should always pray and not stop but it's not just talking about one person it's talking about the human species of man in general for example the world itself we know the whole world is round and you know that's a, another subject if you want to <laughs> debate that that is something people like to talk about all the time but the world is round and we know that the way God designed this uh, this earth it may be daytime here on another part of the world it may be nighttime and the beauty of that is this while somebody may be going to sleep on this side somebody may be waking up on the other side so while people are sleeping on the other side somebody is up and praying on this side everybody is not sleep at once everybody you know isn't up at once somebody is always praying and if you think about it in the sense of the definition that I gave earlier, if prayer is allowing heavenly interference in the earth, it makes this scripture make perfect sense. If everybody stopped praying, heaven, God, the angels would not be able to intervene into certain things we need them to intervene in. And we don't even need that for one minute. It's just think about it. If God did not do anything within this earth for one whole minute. That's all it would take for evil to, you know, to just take full dominion of everything. And so uh, that's how important prayer is. And that's also why God has designed everything the way he's designed it. There's somebody always praying, um, even when you're not. And that's another thing to be thankful for. Think about it, you know us as individuals um, when we get into our lazy mode or we found ourselves out of the will of God for you know years at a time or whatever but whenever we weren't doing what we were supposed to do thank God there was somebody else that was still praying I want to read another scripture in the book of Psalms chapter 121 verse 4 it says behold he that keepeth Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber so God doesn't sleep, neither does he slumber. So just as I said, while there are people who are up um, through several parts of the day, God is up at all times waiting on that communication. And so as I said, prayer is communication with God. It keeps God involved. It keeps God uh, with his holy angels involved. And prayer is basically heavenly interference. So without prayer, evil would take a lot of dominion in this world. And so uh, we thank God for that. So the next important question that I want to ask or address is, does God hear the prayers of everyone? I've heard a lot of uh, debates on this particular thing, but that's the whole purpose for doing this. Uh, For years, um, I have spoken with people and talked to people about the things of God and this is the first year that God has really given me the um, go-ahead to start doing things more publicly. And the reason being, because honestly, I just really didn't see a need for it. Because there are a lot of uh, Bible study videos and whatever you want to name that's out there. But during this last season that we're in, people need answers and so 
there are a lot of things that need to be clarified. But we're not going to go by my opinion. We're not going to go by your favorite church's opinion. We're not going to go by what you feel. We need to know what God says. And so, does God hear the prayers of everyone? The book of John, chapter 9, verse 31 says, Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Why is that important to know? That's not a popular scripture. But it's important to know because when you are a sinner, if you understand um, that God does not hear the prayers of sinners, then guess what? You can do something about it. Now you can no longer keep walking around thinking that, God is not real. He doesn't answer prayer. I prayed this particular thing. I didn't see no results from it. So God can't be real. Now you know that God does not hear the prayers of sinners. So now you can do something about that. You can get out of your sin. You can repent, turn away from it, right? Now, I know when you hear that, the first thing somebody's thinking, then how does one become saved? Because everybody is a sinner. So I'm going to put an exclusion in it in a sense. In a sense, the only time that God does make an exception or whatever to hear a sinner is when they're repenting. And what repenting means, I don't want to assume that somebody just automatically know what they mean. It means when you're asking for forgiveness and you're ready to turn away from sin. When that is happening, the Lord does lend his ear to hearing a sinner. But in general, a person that is in sin and are they're not repenting, the scripture clearly tells you that God does not hear um, the prayers of a sinner. And to be honest, um, I like how the scripture says we know. So it is not something that, you know, you have to try and figure out, you know, the Bible is laying it out saying that's obvious. We know that. And if you just think about it from a logical standpoint of God just answered and heard the sin I mean the the prayers of everybody including sinners what would be the benefit of even being saved if God operated that way if he was just going to answer anybody's prayers that that would be um, no benefit to it now um, now that we've established that God does not hear the prayers of a sinner then that leads us to know that God only hears the prayers of a Christian. So with that being said, though, as a Christian, is there a right or wrong way that we should be praying? Um, and the answer to that is yes. Should we be praying a certain way? Should we um be saying certain things should we be doing certain things and um, the answer to that question is yes now I don't know if as I said I don't want to just assume that everybody uh, already know what I'm talking about when I say certain things there's a particular passage of scripture that we've come to know as and identify as the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going to read it. And then we're going to discuss um, the right and wrong way of praying. So what we call the Lord's Prayer, it goes, Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, um, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So, Jesus is laying out instructions to the disciples on how to pray. And the reason that he is doing this is because there actually is a particular way that you should be praying. If not, then uh, there will be no need to do that. In fact, uh, in that particular scripture uh, from the book of Matthew, Jesus basically says those exact words. He says, uh, this is how men ought to pray. Because the disciples asked that very question, how should we pray? And so that's what we're going to explore. How should we be praying? Um, And I want to point this out. We established that God does not hear the prayers of a sinner. But that does not mean just because you are a Christian, God automatically uh, takes whatever prayer you offer up. And that's why we have to make sure that there's a good understanding of that. And that's what we basically are getting ready to go into. So God is not going to answer your prayers simply just because you are a Christian. And, And think about this. If God operated in that manner, that really would be dangerous for us as a people. Because sometimes we pray prayers that are very selfish. Sometimes we may pray prayers out of anger. Sometimes we may pray prayers out of bitterness bitterness and sadness. And so uh, thank God he doesn't just answer our prayers just because we simply are a Christian. So with that being said, then what is the criteria for prayers being answered? All right. Criteria for your prayers being answered are number one, we've already established you have to be a Christian. All right, what's a Christian? A Christian is a follower of Christ. So that means you don't get to determine what a Christian is. I, I see this all the time. People often say that they are a Christian, but they do contrary to the Word of God. And then someone who um, does not follow the Bible, they like to say, well, Christians do this, Christians do that. Well, just because that person is calling themselves a Christian, that does not make them a Christian. You have to follow the Word of God to qualify yourself as a Christian. And the reason why you have to follow the Word of God, because Jesus said that. It's not about what you want to call yourself, because um, you say you're a Christian, that does not make you one. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments, not just memorize them, not just know them. You have to obey them. And so uh, the first criteria to your prayers being answered, you have to be a Christian. The next thing is you have to pray the word of God. Pray the word of God. How can you pray the word of God? You first have to read the word of God, because if you don't ever read the word of God, how can you be praying the word of God? Um, There's a saying that I like to say all the time is the Bible will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from the Bible. I've noticed throughout my life and even the lives of others, if you're honest with yourself, if you admit this, the less that you read your Bible, um, you find yourself 
getting more into sin, the more you reach your Bible and you stay in God, the less you find yourself caught up in the sin. Now, as I said, you have to pray the word of God. And the reason why is because God only performs his word. This is the genius part of God. Notice if God just performed uh, anything that we say, as I said, that could be dangerous. We could be praying that God, um, God, give me a million dollars today. And God just gives us a million dollars. God can see parts of us that we don't see. The Bible says that it's difficult for a rich man to get into heaven. And, you know, we may let money become our God. And so thank God he doesn't just listen to whatever we say. But you have to pray um, according to God's word. Because God only performs his word. And we know that God's word is holy and God is not going to perform anything that, you know, is crazy or out, you know, landish. So that's why you have to pray his word. And God recognizes his own word. Here's something that I want to point out. And I don't have a whole lot of time to get into this, but maybe um, on the next subject that I have to do dealing with the Holy Spirit, I could get into this a little bit more, but. It is the Holy Spirit of God that actually performs God's word. So whenever there's something that is being done, the power of God is God's spirit. So in other words, when we pray and we're praying God's word, his Holy Spirit only recognizes his word. And that's what um, when the power comes in and it starts operating. I want to take you to Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. And this is what um what it says it says the lord said to me you have seen correctly for i am watching to see that my word is fulfilled so in other words when god his word is performed when god's word is spoken god will perform his word and don't worry this may not make sense to you i'm going to give you an example of this by the end of this, I'm going to give you an example of how to pray God's word. But I'm going to give you an example um, of why God also likes to do this. For example, I have a 10-year-old daughter. I can promise her something. Um, and you don't have to use the word promise. I can just tell her I'm going to do something. Hey, I'm going to get you this. I'm going to do this when I am uh, have some free time or off work or whatever. I don't have to get a second into that day. My daughter's going to remind me, Daddy, you said that you were going to do this. You said you're going to do that. And so when we speak God's word, it's not that he forgets. But once again, God wants to know that you know. And so when we use his word, God will always perform his word. And so when my daughter tells me anything that I've told her, no matter how I feel, no matter how tired I am, I'm going to act on what I've told her that I'm going to do. All right, so we said you have to pray God's word. And as I said, I'm going to give you an example of that. Um, but right now we're just going through the criterias of making sure your prayers are answered. You have to be a Christian. You have to pray God's word. And you have to have faith. Matthew 21 and 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. The Bible also says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you have to have faith as well. 
Um, time is moving pretty quick. All right, the results from prayer. I want to talk about that. In the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12, um, I want to read a scripture. Um, it says, Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. In other words, Daniel had been praying, and a little bit of time had passed by. And an angel eventually came to Daniel, and he explained to him, Hey, Daniel, you are a holy, righteous man. You are praying, number one, you meet the qualifications of being a Christian. Number two, you pray in God's word. Number three, you have faith. But the devil tried to withstand me. In other words, there are demons, there are devils that we fight against. And hopefully you have an understanding of that. If not, there's something else we can cover. But Daniel, the, the angel is explaining, the moment that you prayed, your prayers were heard. And I was on my way to give you an answer. This is an angel. God sent an angel to send the answer to him. But I got withheld and had to battle with the demonic spirit. And so um, that's what took me, you know, the time that it took for me to come. So I just want to point that out to you that if you are righteous, God is hearing your prayers. If you meet the criteria, you may not get an answer that same day, but understand what is taking place that this is a spiritual battle that is happening everything is not just what you see all right so that's what i want to show you in that scripture the second thing i want to show you is in the same book of the bible dealing with the same person in daniel chapter 2 verse 19 it says then was the secret revealed unto daniel in the night vision then daniel blessed the god of heaven so in this particular part, Daniel was uh, was younger, and Daniel was praying. The story of Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he wanted the dream to be interpreted. And if it couldn't be interpreted, he was going to kill them. And so Daniel had prayed to God that God would give him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And God did just that. And so it says in that particular scripture I just read, that God gave Daniel, he revealed it to him in a night vision, which basically is a dream. And so um, Daniel blessed the Lord of heaven. So God will answer our prayers when it's necessary. But I also want to uh, show you something. In the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 8, it says, I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what would be the outcome of all of this? Oftentimes you can, you know, have a vision or a dream or something and you may not understand it. And you see in this particular verse where Daniel asked for that understanding. Because if you see in the verse I read a few minutes ago in Daniel 2 and 19, that God revealed something to Daniel. So on another occasion, Daniel got uh, a particular word but he didn't understand it. So that can happen at times too where you can get something, but it's not specific. But the biggest thing that I want you to know is this. Even if you meet all the criteria for your prayers being answered, there are certain times when God may say, listen, this is just not for you to know. 
And you have to accept that answer, you know. God has his reasons for doing certain things. So for some reasons, you just may not get the answer you're looking for. And I wanted to keep all of this dealing with the same person and show you that example. Um, Once again, Daniel in chapter 12, verse 8, I just read Daniel is explaining that. I heard what what this particular uh, word was that you gave me, but I don't understand. So... I'm asking my Lord, what will be the outcome of all of this? And if you go on and you read verse 9 in chapter 12, Daniel is told to go your way because the words are rolled up and sealed until the end of time. So in other words, Daniel was told, listen, these particular events are not relevant to your time period. Matter of fact, it goes on to tell Daniel, you'll be dead when these particular things happen. And he was being told about things that are happening right now in our lifetime. But God didn't feel like it was important to give Daniel those details because he wouldn't even be here. So he's like, just go your way. Um, I'm going to keep that information sealed up, hidden, that understanding for people who it's going to be relevant for. So just know that some things, uh, no matter where you stand with God, you just may not get the answer for and you have to accept it. But I'm talking about those things that you can have the answer for. Um First, make sure you meet the criteria. All right. But this is something that God has put on my heart while we edit. Uh, make sure you understand that we are in a battle. We're in a battle, um, not of flesh and blood, but of a spiritual battle. We're dealing with principalities and, and wickedness, as the Bible would call it, in high places. All right. And so God has given us. A helmet of salvation for protection, a breastplate of righteousness for protection. He's given us a belt of truth to hold us up as we travel. Shoes of the gospel of peace, you know, to take us far where we need to go. He's given us a shield of faith to protect us from the weapons that's formed against us, even though they won't prosper. But one thing I want to point out to you is that God has given us something to fight back with, and it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, then you can't use it. Okay. So uh, as my time is running out and I have to get ready and end this, as I said in previous uh, episodes, we try to do this for about 30 minutes. If I go far over that, then I'll just do it in a part two. The reason I do it in 30 minutes, just like with the books that we write, I don't want to make stuff real long because let's face it. People buy books and stuff all the time that they never finish. And what good is the information if you don't use it? The same thing with videos. If it's two or three hours long, you'll start it, you'll skip through it, you won't finish it. So I I don't do that. Let's just try to um, keep it to where it's useful. And so I'm about to get ready to end this, but I want to summarize a couple things. And I want to give the example of praying God's word. So if you do meet all the criteria, as I said, um, there's just some things that God is not going to answer. But as a Christian, I want to just point this out to you. If you've been praying and you aren't getting results from your prayer, um, there's a couple of things I want you to examine. First, I want you to remember prayer is speaking and listening. So if you haven't been doing that, you need to change that in your prayer life. You need to make sure you're not just speaking, but you also are listening. Uh, You need to make sure that you have repented. 
Because if you are practicing in sin, I've given you the scripture that has already told you that um, God does not answer the prayers of a sinner. The next thing, make sure you are praying God's word. If you're using just your words, you're using just somebody else's words, your favorite preacher's words. The Holy Spirit of God can't perform off of that. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care how um, whatever that doesn't work. And also make sure that you have faith. And finally, I want to point this thing out to you from the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse seven. It says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Um, when, when I pray with my family every day, especially when I was teaching my children how to pray as they've grown over the years, I started to notice that every day when we pray, they would start to say the same prayer. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep in it. Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. What I'm getting at is each day before it came to their turn to pray, I would know already in my mind every single word they were going to say. And so what I'm getting at, they could pray in their mind be somewhere else because they memorized this prayer that it almost didn't even mean anything to them anymore. It just became routine. And if it don't mean anything to you, what makes you think it's going to mean something to God? And so I had to point that out to them. And so what I started telling them was, okay, each day is a new day. Um... New things are happening each day. Let's start praying, you know, unique to that particular day. And if you do that, it requires you to think. It requires you to put in some effort. And so God can receive that. If you just, you know, memorizing, saying the same thing, there's nothing in that. And the other thing with this scripture it's talking about, and I've been in this situation also, where you find people, it's like, when there's going to be a group prayer and people are taking turns, people look at that as it's their time to show off. And people want to use words that they don't even know what they mean, the biggest word, or they want to pray the longest because they feel like if you pray a short prayer that it's not as effective. This is what God is talking about in these particular verses. This type of stuff is vain. These type of things are things that the pagans do, and God does not receive that. Um, a genuine 10-minute prayer is better than an hour-long prayer of babbling with big words. God does not operate off of that. So don't compare yourself with other people and, um, you know, trying to make your prayer sound like somebody else's or you feel like you don't know a whole lot of biblical words, you know. Don't, don't do that. All right? And lastly, um, before I give you the biblical example of how to pray God's word, I like to use a certain layout of uh, when I pray. You don't really have to do this. It's just something that I like to do. When I start out praying, before I get into praying for what particular thing that I'm praying about, I first like to enter into my prayers thanking God for the things that he has already done. Just like us as humans and dealing with each other, before I keep asking for something from somebody else, I first want to let them know I thank you for what it is you've already done. Think about that, you know, us as humans. If you never even receive thanks for what you've already done, but, you know, you keep getting asked for something else, that will be irritating. And so I usually start out my prayers just thanking God, letting them know I appreciate 
know, simple things, you know, just whatever. I, I start out that way. Then I um, pray for other people, you know, my family members, my friends, you know, co-workers, whatever, other Christians. I do that next, and then I pray for myself last, and I just do that order um, just as a sign of respect, because usually when we pray, it's usually selfish prayers, and we, we normally praying for us or about us or for our own kids or for our spouse. We're not usually nine times out of ten even praying for somebody else. So um, that automatically allows me to make sure I'm putting somebody else in my prayers, not as selfish. And after I pray for others, then I, I finally I'll pray for whatever it is that I'm praying about that pertains to me. And when I'm done doing that, I like to acknowledge that, um, God, I believe that, you know, because I meet the criteria of my prayers, I know I'm a Christian. I'm praying by faith. I'm praying according to your word. And it's done. You just heard me and it's done by faith. And after that, I sit for a minute. I meditate and I listen, you know, in case there's something that the Lord wants to give me at that moment. And so now we're at the point to where I am going to give you this prayer, this example of praying by God's word. Of course, as I said, it depends on whatever the particular situation is. And so I just had to make up something, um, you know, there are more situations and scenarios and can be named. So I'm just using this um, while we're going through this um, COVID-19 season. A lot of people are out of work. Some people have lost their jobs. So we're going to use that for a situation right now of I lost my job. And so what I've done is I've put words of how a person may really feel during this time. Um, but I've also included the word of God with it. Okay. So in this particular prayer, Lord, I'm really hurt and disappointed because management has terminated my job. I know it didn't come as a surprise to you, for you know everything. Your word says all the days ordained for me were written in your books before they came to pass. And I know that, God, because you speak that in your word in the book of Psalms 139 and 16. Therefore, I can conclude that you have better plans for me, plans to give me a future and a plan to give me hope. According to your word in Jeremiah 29 and 11, Lord, I pray, please forgive me for um, looking at my job as if it was my source, when in fact it was just a vehicle that you used to provide for me. I know that you can give me favor with men, therefore I will not worry or dwell on Satan-inspired scenarios of lack and potential homelessness. I declare that all my needs will be met according to your riches in heaven. And you declared that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And God, I pray that you help me to be sensitive to your voice as you direct me to my next assignment. And I am certain you will never leave me nor forsake me because you said it in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So as you see, that was a small prayer, but it was a very effective prayer because I used how I felt. I used, uh, most importantly, the word of God. I um, summarized some of those scriptures, but I included where they were from. 
Now, I know somebody may be thinking, so let me say this. You may be saying, um, whatever subject I'm looking for, how do I find the scripture that goes with that? Well, during this day and age, you have the internet, so you can just type in scriptures about sickness, scriptures about uh, relationships, whatever, and you can get the scriptures and be able to use those scriptures to pray on. Now, what I do, the internet is good, but, you know, I'm a little bit old-fashioned, and I think about stuff in the sense of, you know, if the internet is not working good that day, um, you know, stuff like that, and so... Uh, the old school way of doing this and uh, in Bible school with preparing uh, sermons and stuff you use what is called a Bible concordance Um, that's what I would suggest somebody getting usually as I said most people who um, like to preach and teach this is something that they get but I would just say anybody that is a Christian, it's not a bad thing to have in general. And what it is, it almost kind of works like a dictionary. It has words from A to Z, almost every word you can think of. And when you find that particular word, it'll give you the scriptures where those particular words are um, found in the Bible. So, you know, say you're looking up the word hunger and you find hunger in there and it will give you all the scriptures that have hunger in it so i pray that you have a good understanding now of prayer how prayer works and uh, prayerfully you will start praying more and, and prayerfully you can now start to see results from your prayers because that is important um the bible says that man should pray and not faint during this season as we are approaching um I'm not going to say we are approaching the end times. Honestly, we are in them. And if you listen to the last episode that I've done, you should see where we are with that. And as I exit off this, I'm praying for you. I'm praying um, for everybody that uh, you come in contact with, that as you learn more, you will share more. And until next time, I pray that you continue to Let the Lord lead you as your Lord and Savior. And those of you who have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I am praying that you really give it some thought. And until next time, until next episode, be blessed.